0: Hello, everyone. My name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPoint today. Our guest is John, the CEO and co founder at Work From Anywhere. Hello.
1: Nice to meet you, Christian. Uh, thanks for having me on.
0: <laughs> nice to see you. Please tell us what your company does.
1: So, Work From Anywhere, you know you want to hire somebody from a different country or will let somebody work temporarily in a different country, but how do you do it? Uh, is it a digital visa? Is it an employer of record? Do you need to open a legal entity? Uh, Or can you hire somebody, for example, as a contractor? The answer is different in different countries and different scenarios. So that's what we do. We've uh, built an automated platform that helps companies figure out the ways to work or hire uh, from anywhere all around the world.
0: What type of companies face uh, this problem usually? Are there large corporations or...
1: Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. Uh, Every single company faces it if you hire outside your country or if you let people temporarily work remotely abroad. Uh, I think it's fair to say, you know, startups, uh, they... Uh, probably have a higher risk appetite, don't have a huge budget, so their uh, ability to uh, you know pay for technology solutions around this uh, is is not going to be very very high. Um, so it's typically companies that have maybe more than five hundred employees or a thousand employees. That's you know as soon as you start to go to you know Series A, B, and C rounds, that's where you get investor due diligence, where they start asking you, hold on a second, you've hired somebody. Uh, like a sales generating role uh, via an employer of record in this country, why did you do that? You're after creating a massive corporation tax risk. So it's when you go through those later rounds that it becomes something that's more and more important. And, and we find that the maturity of companies is, uh, you know, typically the the, the the threshold is once you uh, go past a few hundred employees. That's where you really start to uh, to pay more attention to this stuff because you start getting the fines or or the the risks of running into it. Let's say.
0: I understand. And uh, what do you say are the biggest risk? Is it tax? Is it uh
1: yeah so we did a survey of uh, over 110 companies employing 1.7 million people around the world and the biggest risks when it comes to temporarily work, working remotely abroad is a risk called permanent establishment so this is basically the risk that if somebody for example take a very simple scenario somebody uh, says they want to work in the south of france for nine months in a, in a year and let's say they're in a sales generating role you know, it, it's easy to over complicate tax but actually if you break it down to its fundamentals if you have somebody who is doing sales from the south of France for nine months of a year, yes, of course they're gonna have an individual tax residency issue, but they're also gonna potentially create a corporate tax residency issue for your company. Why? Because they're essentially selling from a different territory. And of course, what happens then is countries like, in this case, France, will come along and there's a risk that they might say, "Wait a second, this person has generated X hundred thousand worth of sales or millions worth of sales. We deserve some of the corporation tax profit generated by those activities. Um, So again, you can make taxes very complex, but if you do break it down to its fundamentals, in a lot of ways, it's uh, it's quite common sense. And so that's what permanent establishment or corporation tax residency risk is. That's the number one risk. The second one that's a huge one is visas. So if somebody's working in a country where they haven't got the right to work there, for example, or they're breaking their, their local visa and immigration laws, you know, you can go to jail for that on top of fines. And what also causes an issue is that, it, let's say it's a country where you wanna hire a lot of people from in the future, well, you could be banned from hiring there. So, wow. you know, the consequences can be very, very severe. And you can't, you know, you can't fix backwards a, a, an immigration issue. Um, you can maybe rectify tax issues sometimes uh, by paying fines or whatnot, but for immigration, you know, you really can in some countries go to uh, go to jail uh, in plenty of countries if you uh, if you violate immigration law. You
0: know, so companies should uh, think about this as soon as possible, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, thankfully, there's lots of solutions out there that help companies navigate some of these risks. You know, you've got employees of record. Uh, have uh, seen explosive growth. They, you know, they help with individual tax risks, with employment law. Um, you know, and, and they help with uh, uh, many of, many of these challenges. You also have uh, got technology platforms uh, like ourselves and uh, and others uh, that help with uh, managing some of the holistic nature of these different risks for work and hire from anywhere. Um, and you also obviously tax and employment law advisors, immigration advisors as well, who've always been there. And so I think there's plenty of options on the table depending on how big your risk is and what you're looking to do and what countries you're looking to allow But I mean, I think the most important message is that. It's really crucial just to know where your employees are going to be, where you want to hire from and where they're going to be working from, and certainly to know if they're walking into countries that have a particular risk in one area. Uh, you need to know what you're doing.
0: I understand. And how does uh, your solution work?
1: So anybody can go onto the website, wfa.team, and they can actually take it for a seven-day trial uh, demo version if they want and, and play around with it. But essentially how it works is companies go in, and they first of all set their risk appetite for the different risks. Like if you're a bank that's heavily regulated, you might have a low risk appetite. So yeah. maybe you don't wanna let people work remotely abroad for very long or might not allow it at all. Uh, whereas maybe if you're in the technology space in the battle for talent for technology engineers, well then you might have a higher risk appetite. You know, If you look at the likes of HubSpot, they allow up to 90 days at work from anywhere, for example. Um, and so setting that risk appetite is we allow them to do that in the platform. But then what happens is that they go in and run a scenario it's like 12 questions typically that doesn't take longer than like 30, 40 seconds to put in. And that goes into our automated algorithm that then spits out the risks of this scenario for a hire from anywhere or work from anywhere, but most importantly, then tells them, well, what next? What's the solution? Is the, is the answer to look at a legal entity, an employer of record, a digital loan visa or a contractor. And it shows them, you know, the attractiveness of each solution as well as the cost. And then we also can recommend uh, different solution partners uh, along with that as well. So it's kind of a holistic framework. It's like your step one in deciding when you want to work or hire from anywhere. If your employees are requesting that or your talent acquisition teams are looking to hire somebody from a different country. Okay, where do we start? Is it an immigration solution? Is it an employment law solution and an EOR solution? Uh, Is it starting with taxes, for example? It really
0: depends. Hmm. Okay, what are the top three features?
1: The key features are really f- the simplicity of the platform. So taxes is very complex. So is immigration and so is employment law. So the key feature for us is the user interface that allows users to you know, empower themselves and own their own compliance risk to basically very quickly uh, using a literally a very simple input form, put it in and that will then show them straight away the risks and the solutions. Like typically in the past companies uh, had to go to tax advisors they would pay three, four, five thousand dollars for this. They would wait, you know, three, four, five weeks typically. Um, and the problem is, is that's far too late. Does that, you know, it costs a lot of money and it takes a lot of time. Whereas yep. with this, you immediately get an answer. What are the risks and what is uh, the likely solution? So uh, that's uh, probably the, the the biggest one um, that really hasn't been in the market uh, market before.
0: And what is the pricing for uh, work from anywhere?
1: It starts at $12,000, where you get a couple of users for that, and uh, it basically goes up from there, so it's a per seat pricing, basically, Um, but that's how it works, yeah.
0: From your research, how many employees uh, are looking to to have this lifestyle of working in different countries and... Is the number going is it uh, what, what can you tell us about the
1: yeah it's a good question so it really depends on how you define the market so if you look at for example the market for traditional digital nomads who you know might typically only spend a, a, move around country to country every uh, every couple of months um and are really truly location dependent um that's a growing market but it's a small market it's maybe yeah. 15 20 million people uh, maybe 25 million people in the world depending how you define it but the really big market is the market where people have a fixed base like maybe based in the us but one might be travel for a month or two or three months a year. That's like the international remote working market. So that's a huge market. Uh, I'll give you some uh, numbers here. American Airlines pre-pandemic, when they uh, looked at their numbers of what they call blended trips, people that were going on a business and leisure trip, that was typically 20 to 25% of their travel whereas now it's between 50 and 55%. So it's oh. literally the majority of travel is now blended. And the main purpose is still the same. So you're still mainly going on a business trip or mainly going on a leisure trip. It's just you're tagging on business or leisure uh, onto that particular trip. So uh, it's, a, it's a very, very interesting market, and it's one that's growing very, very
0: fast. Yeah, it's, it's super exciting to see how it goes. <laughs> awesome. I'd love to hear your uh, one key study that surprised you. One customer from, yeah, one happy customer.
1: Yeah, so we've had uh, we've had a number of them basically, but the the reason people come uh, back to us is that all of the solutions to date have focused on just the risks, whereas we actually focus on showing you what the menu of solutions are for you, uh, and so that's been uh, the ones that come back to us are ones that typically have between you know five and fifteen thousand uh, employees basically. They're typically ones that are looking to grow their. Uh, let's say global talent pool for example but they're just not sure how and, and that's kind of the, the sweet spot so they have the maturity to recognize there are huge risks here um, but at the same time uh, they they know um, that they maybe the traditional solutions would be potentially too expensive for them and um, so that's kind of a sweet spot is that kind of mid-market mid uh, mid-market segment within the enterprise uh, section
0: deal is one of your customers right yeah
1: no, no. Deal is not a customer, no. A deal, is one of a, we basically have, deal is one of the employers of record that we recommend. So Deal have experienced uh, okay. enormous growth. Uh, employer of record model is uh, very, very exciting. So there's a number of different players in the employer of record uh, market, basically, yeah. But there, there, for example, so our solution will tell you if an employer of record is the right solution to use in a scenario. And then yeah. what we do is we recommend here's a selection of employers of record. So it's about kind of matching the right employer of record with the right kind of customer.
0: Yeah, I understand, I understand. So it's a partner of yours, not a customer.
1: Yeah, exactly, partner, so exactly, partner, but we don't get any referral income from any of the referrals that we send on. Uh, you know, for us, we're that kind of independent objective marketplace uh, from that perspective that we help recommend the right EOR for the right uh, customer, let's say. But Deal have experienced fantastic growth. They've been an enormous success, and I think it's very exciting to see what they're doing. But what's interesting with Deal is they're going you know they're not just doing employer record model; they're going beyond that yeah. as well. So I think you see that from all the the a lot of the employers of record. They're expanding beyond just the the, the core EOR model that's been there in the past.
0: Uh, we are using a deal at, uh, at our company now. It's curious to know how <laughs> how you are together because uh, yeah, they're growing a lot and they're growing, yeah so
1: exactly. So if you think of it like so for example, the deal. What's nice you know, with the deal is they are in the war market very very attractive. If you think of us, is are like almost a. In a lot of ways, the step two, so once you know you want an employer record, you're gonna to go to the likes of a deal, for example, but that step one is figuring out, well, is an employer record the right solution for you in that scenario? Um, so that's kind of complement each other quite well, uh, all the employers of record, uh, kind of complement that we help the clients, the companies figure out when is the right moment to use an employer of record. And then that's when you uh, engage with the employers of record. But uh, to be fair, the employers of record themselves, mind them, will be also be able to help you. Uh, they're, they're quite helpful in a lot of the questions that uh, companies might have, for example, you know.
0: How competitive is the, the space that uh, you operate in? The exact uh, problem that you're solving? Yeah,
1: yeah. so the, the, with the problem we're solving, it's typically yeah, international remote work compliance. Um, and it's a it's very competitive. It's a very interesting market. Um, you know, We actually wrote an article on, the let's say, technology solutions uh, that help with international remote work compliance. Um, and you've got, on the one hand, what you call more established players, uh, what we call the oil tankers, uh, very good solutions, very robust, where you have the big four accountancy firms have some solutions. Um, you also have uh, great companies like uh, like Topia, Tracker Software, um, like a track, uh, Tracker Software Technologies, um, and Equus, uh, for example. Uh, and they've got these established platforms that typically help with business travel compliance, but also now introducing remote work, like temporary work from anywhere compliance as well. Um, where we sit is that we have basically temporary remote work compliance, but also hire from anywhere. So to help you if you want to hire somebody structurally, that's kind of how we differentiate ourselves. Um, but on the hire from anywhere piece, then you've got uh, companies that focus on one segment of that. Like typically, for example, the employers of record, they do the employer record model uh, very, very well, for example, within that. Um, so it's a, it's a very, very competitive market, but that's a good sign. It's a sign it's an interesting market and a growing one.
0: Happy for you. And when did you start the company?
1: Started the company two years ago.
0: How did you come up with the idea? I guess you traveled a lot and uh, you faced it. <laughs>
1: well, yeah, I saw so I had been the senior finance leader of a, uh, a four billion dollar division of a FTSE 100 company. I traveled to 150 locations across Europe over a 10 year period. So I had dealt with a lot of these challenges and risk myself. I had been wow. the expat living in multiple countries, gone through the tax advisors, for example. And so two years ago, we could see that there was going to be, you know, I, my previous startup was in travel and uh, like leisure travel, business travel and global mobility. And so I could see that there was going to be what I call this work from anywhere market at the time. It didn't exist at the time. But when we were in COVID, I could see that there was going to be people that would be going, you know, a lot of people looking to work remotely abroad. Uh, we had been digital nomads ourselves, so we could see it was possible. And yeah. we could Essentially, when we did our surveys, we could see that tax was going to be the, the biggest issue. So it kind of all started from there.
0: I understand. Nice story. <laughs> How big is your team right now?
1: So right now we have a team, about 10 people, a number of people that are uh, direct and a number of people that are indirect basically, um, but we'll be growing over the next uh, couple of months basically, but uh, they're yeah, based from all over the world. So uh, my co-founder Donald's is based in Australia, uh, I've got Imelda, our head of global mobility strategy based in, uh, in London, and uh, we have a number of team dotted all around the world as well.
0: <laughs> How do you coordinate all the time zones and meetings?
1: Yeah, I've learned from, uh, learned from the best people like uh, Darren Murph and, and Chase Warrington, for example, um, they talk so much about asynchronous communication, and so we really fully leverage that for us. That's really, really important. Yeah.
0: Can you explain that further? How can teams implement uh, that strategy? Well, so, I,
1: so, I think there's, there's been a lot of good guides in this. I think GitLab have really good guides on asynchronous communication. I also, uh, check out the Doist, uh, let's say, uh, yeah. blog on my page. They've got some good guidance as well. Uh, but the, the fundamental thing is. It's, it's more than just how we communicate, it's also how we manage and how we trust. Uh, so I think moving from you know, when you're in an in-office space, you, you, know, you can see everyone all the time. Whereas when you go into a remote, it's very much about you know, hiring good people and trusting them and backing them and giving them clear, you know, clear guidance um, and having the clarity on both sides, both from the team member and, and the manager, for example. Uh, but we, we manage in a very very you know the team in a kind of a collaborative way. Uh, trust is very very big. Uh, using asynchronous communication tools, like for example Loom, uh, yeah. we uh, we use uh, you know, we use Slack, but we turn off notifications. It's very very important. Uh, so it's a mixture of different things. We're, we're not we're not experts on it. I don't I, I don't uh, I wouldn't uh, profess to be. I, I'd always uh, recommend the the people like uh, like Chase and Darren and those who are uh, fantastic uh, fantastic knowledgeable people. and Rowena Hennigan, and all one as well. Um, but that's how it works for us.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you you sharing that. Yeah, um, have you raised any funding?
1: Yeah, we have. We've raised funding.
0: How how much? Is it a pre-seed? Uh, yeah,
1: it's a, it's pre-seed, pre-seed amount basically. We haven't disclosed it, uh, but we have raised. Yeah.
0: Hmm. And uh, what is their vision for the future?
1: The vision of the future is that yeah, I think companies are going to continue to accelerate their movement towards a global distributed agile workforce Um, and there's going to become more and more of a need to figure out the how Um, and I think we kind of see ourselves as being key building blocks for companies when they are looking to tap into that that global talent pool uh, and and really understanding what are the risks does it align with the risk appetite what are the solutions in this Um, we feel that there's a a really interesting market in that space and uh, we're very excited about the next uh, couple of years so for us you know if if, P, if companies can understand what how forgetting about the don't show me problems show me how we can navigate those problems get me to the solution if they can take that kind of mentality then we feel there's going to be many many more millions of people that will be able to access the opportunities that international remote work offers I
0: understand and what has been your biggest challenge since starting the company
1: I think the biggest challenge' it's a great question um, for me I, I think if I'm, if I'm honest I think with any new ideas you're trying to shift decades old habits and mentality of an industry um, or multiple industries uh, and so probably the biggest challenge is that you know, I would say the best advice I, I always got uh, was to as an entrepreneur skate to where the puck is going and that's what I've always tried to do You know, to, throughout my life and my entrepreneurial journey right or wrong and with something like this you know, we were definitely, uh, with the vision of what we had, we were definitely ahead of the curve. I'll give you an example. Like when when we started the business, when I spoke to companies in uh, early 2021, I tried to explain to them how work for money was going to become a really key employment employee benefit and there was going to be a business case for this. Uh, not for every company, because for some companies, it's just not possible, like a heavily regulated bank, for example. But for yeah. many companies, there would be. And mm-hmm. many companies I spoke to at the time, pushed back and said, no, there's gonna be a return to office. Uh, many companies said, no there's, no, there's no business case here, it's too expensive, the compliance is too high, it's not practical. And actually, slowly but surely then, over the following year, year and a half, more and more companies began to actually recognize that there's a really interesting business case here in this. And, and I think that's where, for me, it's is exciting, where uh, you know, you're, you're shifting, you're trying to move the conversation forward in your own small way and influence an industry. And influence more people to get that opportunity to be able to work or hire from anywhere. And also from the employee, from the company perspective as well, you're getting closer to your customers. You're uh, being able to be smarter, about your global workforce costs. You're able to access a deeper talent pool. There's also diversity and inclusion benefits. Like Spotify, for example, they reduced their uh, talent attrition by 15%. They increased their DNI uh, considerably when they launched their work from anywhere policy. So. For me, that's like something that is showing the business case behind uh, behind these numbers.
0: And what do you think was uh, your best strategy for gaining new customers, convincing them?
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it's a good one. So uh, for the – probably good question. For me, the most important one was building authentic relationships. Uh, and, and that's been really critical that for a, a long period of time, catching up with people, helping them, and, and, and not expecting anything in return – and even, you know, in the early days, not even having a product to sell uh, and not being pushy, just trying to understand people's pain points and helping to build authentic relationship, you know, that, that really matters. That really matters in industry. And uh, it's something that I really, really believe in. Um, and uh, yeah, I would say probably that's been uh, that's been a really, really important uh, aspect for us. It also relies, to be fair, on the personal chemistry and, and, and connection. And uh, it obviously takes a lot of effort going through so many different calls, helping people out. But for us, that's, uh, that's something I believe has been very, very important for us.
0: You said it perfectly. <laughs> I, I want to promote this mindset as, as much as possible, but uh, <laughs> you said it perfectly. I'd love to hear your story, uh, how you started your career.
1: Yeah, so I uh, started off, I always wanted to become an entrepreneur, um, and I was always inspired by going to a number of talks by different entrepreneurs back when I was in college in Dublin, in UCD. Mm-hmm. And one key message that came again, again, and again, from the different entrepreneurs is they, they said that those that didn't have a finance background, it really hurt them because they had accountants that were showing them numbers and having a huge impact on the business and they didn't understand them themselves. They said it was like a different language. So I used that as motivation to then decide to do a master's in accountancy and then spend three years in Deloitte where I became a chartered accountant. During that period, I got to work with one of Ireland's biggest companies quite a bit, traveled all around Europe because of I speak a number of languages fluently And then they hired me directly. That company was CRH, Ireland's biggest company. I spent the next seven years with them, working all over Europe, traveling all around the world. Absolutely loved it. Did various different roles, internal audit, financial control, business control, finished up being that senior finance leader of a large division. Um, But I I got some of the best mentors I could have ever wished for. But what was still aching at me was that I, I really still wanted to become an entrepreneur. And it kind of came to an inflection point where one of my mentors, who was the CFO of Europe, he told me at the time, he said, uh, I told him I wanted to become an entrepreneur. And he said, John, if you are going to become one, do it now. You can always come back. You have a great career ahead of you here. Um, you know, there's no, you know, if you're going to do it, though, but don't wait too long. Because otherwise you'll become institutionalized. So, so that's what I did. So I did my first uh, startup with my wife called Culture Me. Traveled around the world with her daughter Rosa and lived in Thailand. Uh, uh, traveled all around Europe and had an amazing experience there. Um, started off as a b2c app uh, had never built an app before uh, then won best travel technology product in the world at the global travel awards in 2018 with that pivoted then to business travel that required building an api so a completely different distribu- just, uh, let's say distribution model go to market model Launched the API in the middle of 2019, got a great momentum with that, and then COVID came along and wiped us off the map. <laughs> so that was, that was a story of failure. That was a real difficult one, even though we'd gotten so unbelievably close to success with that. Um, so that hurt, but it took a bit of time off to recover the mind, body, heart, and soul. Um, started doing some consultancy work on the side, and, and then started the work on your team then two years ago, and, and the rest is history.
0: You have a lovely story, and I think a lot of people would uh, like to work and travel as much as you did, and uh, you know, have this lifestyle. What's your best piece of advice for uh, somebody that's eighteen, twenty, and is looking to to travel the world and work at the same time, well, basically they, they, have uh, they, have that lifestyle of, Yeah, yeah,
1: I I understand. I, I mean, someone someone like uh, Peter Levels of of Nomad List, he's, uh, he he would be a really inspirational figure to follow in in a lot of ways uh, because. You know, what he's done really well is he started multiple online businesses. I think that the message would be to get into get into some kind of an online business, um, and find your point of difference, if possible, or find wh- whatever works for you that you're really passionate about. Uh, but ideally, something that would, uh, if you are passionate about travel, you know, avoid a career if you can that will keep you stuck to one place like becoming, for example, you know, maybe for example, it could be a, a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, for example, is specific to one country that doesn't allow you to travel. Yeah. That's why starting an online business can give you that location dependence and that opportunity to, to travel that is extremely valuable. So uh, I would say that, and I would also say, if you're gonna do that, then, you know, don't be afraid to try multiple different businesses. It's okay, I mean, Peter Levels, I think, you know, he's very successful in what he's done, but he's launched over 50 different businesses. You know, and mo- most of them failed. Fast yeah. and really failed, but a, a number of them actually worked and worked well and he's doing really well off the back of it. So I think failure and resilience is such a critical component of any entrepreneurial journey. Um, and for me, I think uh, that would be my my, uh, my uh, best advice.
0: <laughs> I appreciate your mindset a lot. What are the, the languages that you, that you speak?
1: I speak fluent French, uh, German, Dutch, English, and I also speak some Spanish and Irish and I'm, I'm learning Portuguese. So hopefully in a year's time, I'll have a fifth uh, language to add to the fluent list, but we'll see. I, I uh, tricky when you've got three kids below six. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old, so it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's hectic. But uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, I have to say I'm uh, very very keen to to learn the language because we're going to be here for a good for a good while yet.
0: How did you learn them? How by traveling so,
1: to those countries? Or? Y- yeah. So I, I, for me, I am. Um, I, I I spent some time studying. Well, I studied commerce with German in college, and I spent a year abroad living in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, other than that, I didn't really spend much much more time living in uh, in Germany. I never lived in France, um, but I did live in in the Netherlands. So for me, I, I just have a knack for for learning languages, of a passion for languages. Uh, for me, it just comes much easier. Um, and so, uh, yeah, for me, I, how did I learn them? listening to podcasts, focusing on the spoken side of it. Like when I went to the Netherlands, the Netherlands is a very difficult language to learn. I lived in a place called Delft uh, where there was a lot of locals. They would speak Dutch to you in the local market, for example. And I joined the local sports team. I mean, for me, take something you're really passionate about. And when you're trying to you know, move in and settle into a new country, pick you know, that particular passion point that you have. For me, it was rugby. I joined the local uh, rugby team. And then that really helped me build a network in there and help learn the language as well
0: that's super valuable i have one last question for you what's your favorite software what's your favorite SaaS product uh
1: i have to say good question i'm i mean clearly like gpt is is one that we're all having uh great fun with now but maybe that's a that's a bit too uh that's a bit too obvious i think for b2b for b2b uh sales uh hubspot uh, it's expensive um but they have a nice hubspot for start for startups program which is uh, startup fr- uh, friendly Um, I'm finding that really, really powerful. Um, And then, you know, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, for it's funny how things have gone with the different social media uh, platforms over the last couple of years. But for me, LinkedIn has always been a really good platform for creating, you know, what I find authentic connections. Of course, it depends who you're following, the content you get access to. But for me, I'm able to create some really, you know, strong connections with people from all around the world on LinkedIn that I wouldn't have been able to do, you know, a a couple of years ago. To the same degree, let's say. For me, it works very, very well.
0: Absolutely. Is there anything else that you want to mention on today's podcast?
1: Um, no, I mean, for me, we, uh, b- the big thing is, is uh, you know, if you are looking to understand what the risks are, if you are looking to, you know, you're an employee and looking to try and convince your, uh, your, uh, your boss to allow you to work from anywhere, you know, take a look at our website. We've got some content. We've got some guides. We've got some white papers. We've got obviously the technology. And we also have also a map of all the different technology solutions out there that will help you or your company navigate, you know, the future of work and some of these opportunities to work and hire from anywhere.
0: Thank you so much, John. I'm super grateful. Thank you for joining.
1: No problem. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Christian. <laughs>